and welcome to Coffee and Contemplation with Susan. I'm Susan Dunlop, Life Coach, and this is episode 22 of the series of conversations with extraordinary real people within our community and abroad. Continuing in the theme of the last two podcasts, I'm chatting with a guest close to home again this week. This week's guest is Megan Delton, a leader in aged care, the CEO of Noosa Caring, which is the overseeing the care of 229 people across two sites, Kabara Hostel in the hinterland town of Karoi and Karamar here in Tawantan, just over the bridge from Noosa in Queensland. For me, having served the aged care industry in my previous business of RNS nursing, I met many people in similar roles to Megan. I think though Megan would have been the only aged care leader I met to have been recognised at state level in a business award. Megan was a finalist in the Telstra Business Women's Awards and uh, really shone in her role and she just stood out to me. So that's part of what I wanted her to come on board today to have a chat because aged care is a business and roles like Megan's are not for the faint hearted, that's for sure. Uh, there's pressure from every angle every day in an industry that is about doing the best by our local community's elders and loved ones. You know, at the time when they first find it's time to transition out of their homes. And then every day, every hour, whilst they're under a facility's care. Welcome, Megan. Hi, Sue. Thanks for having me. Yeah, lovely to catch up again after, I think it's four years since I flew yeah. to you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still here. <laughs> yeah, yes, I am. I am. Megan, I was just thinking when we first um, hooked up the other day to have a, a chat about doing the episode, one of the first things you said to me was, oh, Sue, life has changed forever in aged care. And I think given the year that we're having, that we might just start there. What do you think? Yeah, happy to do that. Yeah. I, yeah, the other day when we were chatting, I just it just really resonated with me that Aged care is a lot of legislation anyway, and you try to not only follow that, but you try to put the care of the resident before all of that legislation, because that's why we're here. The COVID has really challenged us in everything that we've been doing. Uh, it's challenged us with making sure that A, COVID doesn't come into our sites, it's also increased our stress levels, our anxiety, our resilience, our patience. But on the flip side of that, it's increased our commitment to our residents over and above what my staff are already doing. It's, it's made us more uh, aware that you've got to cherish each day mm. because it happened so fast. Uh, if you were to get COVID in the facility, it would be absolutely devastating. Yeah. And how are your residents coping with the new limitations you know, by the government on them, on their daily life? Yeah. My residents, because they play such a big part of every decision we make here at Noosa Care, uh, they see me regularly walking around. Uh, they know they have access to me and my management team. They have access to the board board attend uh, the residents meetings. So every resident meeting, I give a COVID update. We survey our residents. We've asked them about restricting in the beginning when it was just closed doors, 
and keep everyone out because we didn't know what the actual pandemic or the disease was going to be like. We surveyed our residents and asked them what they'd like. So they agreed to shutting the site to everybody. They agreed to have life continue as normal as possible internally. So we still have our activities. We still had our meals in, our, in their living areas. We did not restrict them from that. We did not isolate them to the bedrooms. They could still walk around internally. We also in, um, included with, our, with the decisions with our residents, our staff felt like they could just concentrate on caring for the residents because we were ensuring that their working environment was protected so they didn't have to worry about that. We did all of that worry for them. Oh, wow. So staff continued as if life was normal internally. The difference was they couldn't get on the bus and go out, but we did seek um, permission from Queensland Health for our residents to get on the bus, go out for an outing, but not get off. And today it's still in place um, that they go out and about in the community, but just not get off the bus. Oh, really? Okay. So they're, they're getting to what, get down to the river and... Yeah, they go for drive. They actually coordinate where they're going to go. So the diversional therapist asks them where they'd like to go that day and they're the ones that say, we might go to Karoi for a drive, out to Botanical Gardens, down along the river, down to Coolum to watch the whales. Uh, so they're the ones that will tell us where they'd like to go. Clever enough to know exactly what they can do, even if it is on a bus. Correct. Yeah. Um, I was thinking in terms of your, your site, like, again, like I refer people to you for aged care, you know, just from, um, you know, people that, you know, my mum's friends and whatnot. Thank um, you. what is, what is it is about your facility? It feels, it's like you are the central site, um, of aged care to me in the Taunton Noosa area. There's not like a, not like an institution, I would call it. Correct. One of our core values is that we don't want to be known as an institution. So we have always renovated or built our buildings to reflect people's home environments externally. Our gardens are set up to reflect the Noosa and Karoi Shire areas that reflect, if I've just moved in from Karoi, you'll find a lot of the gardens reflect the local areas. Uh, that was really important to us because it's like a really hard transition to come from a large home to a single ensuite room and share your life with other people that you've never met before. Mm. So our environment creates areas for individuals to use as well as groups. Okay. And I liked what you were doing. It was um, as I sort of exited and then I was looking at other businesses and you were doing something that you were engaging with the community back then um, to let them understand what dementia was like or what it looked like. And, you know, if someone happened to walk into your shop to be able to um, help someone that you may not have realised yeah. that that's what they were going through. Yeah. So over the years we have provided the community education on what, living with dementia is all about and how it actually affects the person living with the insidious mm. disease. Um, it gave them insight that uh, we, if you're living with dementia, you can still go downtown and have a coffee. It just may be a bit different that the black mat at the front door makes me feel like that's a big black hole. 
So if that business knows that, then they can accommodate for the community members who are not living in aged care but in their community, who are living with early stages of dementia or advanced um, and they're still living at home with their loved ones. It gives them a sense that they still belong to that community and not feel like they now uh, no, no longer have the ability to contribute or um, live the life they choose in their community. Yeah. And is that part of what um, led to you being nominated as uh, an award uh, for the award of Telstra Business Award? Uh, yes. Plus, uh, on top of that, we really have developed our dementia living model, but it's also our main sites, as we call it, um, residents who don't live with dementia. It is about my award was focused on uh, just because you live in aged care doesn't mean your life stops. Uh, you still get to live the life you choose. And even before all the quality standards changed their language around that, we lived and breathed that anyway. So our mantra is our residents do not live in our workplace. We work in their home environment. And by that, it means you and I would not have a three bag trolley, laundry trolley living in our, our um, lounge room. So when a staff member has finished with that trolley, they are to put it away out of sight, out of mind, back of house. It's not to be left anywhere in the residence living environment. Uh, we don't have uniforms. Uh, we don't have work routines. We have work guides. We don't have um, visiting hours, except for yes, at the moment with COVID we do, but normally pre-COVID, you could come and go to suit your loved one's daily routine. It's not about us, it's about the resident. Oh, what good things have you seen come out due to COVID-19? For me at work, it's the compassion, the strength, the teamwork, the commitment. I'm using all these words because I see it every day with my staff and my residents and their families. Um, resolve to keep going and patience. I mean, during COVID, everyone's patience has been certainly tested and mm. it all has heightened as we know out in the community domestic violence and and um, elder abuse and more importantly for us internally to make sure that our residents still feel that they are being loved and respected um, for me externally I think it's a desire just to get through this moment in history that's um, everyone the community nationally locally worldwide work together to get through this unprecedented time in, in my history. I, I wasn't born in World War One or Two, so I think that that's a similar struggle that we're all going through. But also it's made us all stop and slow down. Mm. It's time to stop to, and reflect of what the most important things about life is for us as individuals. And do you see that as being the witness to that of elders, like elders in um, aged care? I noticed up in um, Tully when they were having the cyclones years ago and you know, Tom and I dropped in there as part of our um, you know, big rap for nurses. And I remember that the, the CEO there said she just couldn't believe it. All the elders just basically picked up their pillows and went and sat down in the corridor because they'd been through more than that. 
and they just got on with it. You know, it's like, it's okay, we'll just sit yeah. here for the night. We'll go back to our rooms when we can. So do you see that getting through um, the COVID? Are you witnessing it from their perspective? Are they more calm than you think the rest of the community? Oh, for sh- no doubt. They are so calm because they're informed. Uh, they feel safe. They know that they're in an environment that is ensuring that they are safe and remain uh, COVID-free as best we can. I mean, they've had uh, hand-washing education. We've given it to all the residents. Uh, They've seen our staff uh, donning and doffing with PPE. Uh, We've talked about it in the residents' meeting. Uh, we've talked about the importance that even if you're feeling a little bit unwell with a sniffly nose, it does not mean you've got COVID, but you still can get a head cold. They are not panicking. They're just like, yep, no problems. I remind them just to tell their nurse on duty that if you're not well, we'll just isolate you for and do the proper checks and then life is back to normal. Last year in the bushfires, uh, what was that, no, October, mm. we had at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon a phone call from Noosa Council uh, asking us if we can enact an evacuation. I said yes. Uh, we went full swing at Karama. All the residents grabbed their, their little box of belongings that they choose to take with them sat patiently while we had bus after bus after bus and families coming in and we evacuated 142 residents on this site within three hours. Wow, way. Yeah. They were patient. It was five, it was four o'clock, so it was now around dinner time. Mm. They still had no dinner until later that night. They were not panicking. They knew the staff were going to be there to help them get out. Some ended up at Noosa Library, Arcare, Bridging Springs, Kabara. Some went home and 14 residents went to two different hospitals. They went with their own staff and nursing staff and they were away for two full days and nights. And by the time they got home, they all said they were so glad to be home. Not once did anyone complain um, or refuse to leave. Thankfully, <laughs> we call cool, calm, and collected for sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Megan, did you did you ever see yourself working in aged care? How did it come about? No, it was never my career choice. I never even considered it. I'm not a nurse. Um, I always worked in the private sector for big companies. Uh, I arrived on the Sunshine Coast with my partner 22 years ago. Um, And I naively thought, oh, yeah, I've been a personal assistant. I'll get a job, no problems. Uh, Back then, the Sunshine Coast was totally different to what it is now. Um, I applied for anything and everything, and I ended up on the shortlist for an assistant role, personal assistant role to the then CEO here at Karama when it was Mundusa Homes for the Aged. And it rolled on from there. Uh, that That role left. And I was asked by the president of the board then, would you like to take over administration manager? I said, yes, put my head down, got my head into every bit of aspect of the aged care industry. It was at the same time the Aged Care Act came out and accreditation for the very first time. Oh, really? 
same time I had to learn both. Um, but back then we only had 30 staff and 65 residents in 1998. Oh, wow, yeah, okay. I think that's when I first met you, you were in, in that role as the yes. manager role. I remember seeing you yes. sitting in the office while I was waiting to visit Louise Tully. Is Louise, Louise Tully, Tully yes. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. was the executive director and she was the boss back then. She so. was. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very very graceful lady. I remember her when I'd come and meet oh, her. She uh, has chaired our AGM a couple of years, oh. and uh, she still drops off the lion's cakes here. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah. Hey, um, you were saying the other day you said that they they said to you that once you actually do go into aged care, though, that you're in it for life. So, yeah. are you in yeah. it for life? Yeah, I have been over 20 years service. I've had my 30th, uh, no, my 40th birthday here, my 50th birthday here. I've been married. The residents seen me in my bridal party of the day of the wedding. I've had a baby here. They've met, you know, they've seen me with my baby. She used to come to work with me and sit in the capsule at reception. Oh. They've seen me grow with this business. I been here for 22 years this year and maybe will hopefully retire here if the board and the residents still want me okay so um do you do you get much of a break do you actually get to live a normal life around aged care like do you take annual leave and get to put the phone down at night time and mm. um uh, my role is i am on call 24 7 uh but really only for uh, unannounced visits or extreme emergencies. Okay. I don't place roster or anything. Um, I'm not that good at taking annual leave. I've been doing um, a big push for that recently. Uh, I do work long hours, but it's needed to get through the amount of require legislative requirements uh and to make sure that we are fully compliant yeah i do work long hours but when i when i get home when i when it's time to go home i put my music on really loud in the car and i drive out the gate so my ceo hat comes off and my mama's hat goes on and i drive from to Wanton to Prudian Springs, it takes me 25 minutes. I get home and I have to be mama. I can't be CEO. Mm. Um, a daughter who is 17 now, she has special needs. Uh, she has Prader-Willi syndrome. So to her, I'm not CEO, I'm mum. Mm. And it's my undivided attention. So I feel quality of time with her is more important for me than quantity. I often say to her, would you like mummy to stay home? And she goes, no, work, mummy. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for you, Megan, the woman, um, how do you get balance just for you? Uh, I don't think there is nah. life, life balance. You know, I wanted it all. I still do. I want to be a mother and a career. But I think all throughout, at one time, a point of time, something unbalances and you just have to make sure you acknowledge that and correct it. Um, I think women try to 
to have it all and why shouldn't we yeah um, but it's not easy but i have a very supportive husband who is actually a stay-at-home dad now um without him i wouldn't be able to be uh, a ceo for starters with my responsibility he cooks he cleans he does the school runs uh, i miss out on all of that but i do get to see and hear all about it when i get home um yeah i think i do my best <laughs> yes yeah okay and as you said the other day i will survive i will survive work and home <laughs> <laughs> um as a leader in aged care if you were given a magic wand what would you change first in aged care generally without going through the obvious funding and staffing i believe and this is my personal belief not the organization's belief i believe that aged care should not be a profit making business where big businesses providers come in the only way that they can make a profit is on the subsidies that they receive from the government and i don't believe you should be making a profit on the care side which is the government funding that you receive to deliver care to the residents okay hand over heart say every cent that we get in subsidies for our residents is expense towards staffing to deliver the care to my residents. I will also acknowledge that you should be able to make the surplus profit. We are all businesses on the hotel side of the business, mm. which is uh, the services that you can charge to um, deliver to residents, uh, bonds, rads, daps, you get to use um, on the hotel side of the business. I agree with that, but on the care, no, I don't. So if I had a magic wand, I would make it that you can't make a profit on the care subsidies that you receive to deliver the care to the residents. Okay, which probably does make it why it is easy for you to get the balance, at least of being the CEO and being the mama, that you're living um, a life um, true to your values, aren't you? I, I do as a, I'm an Aries. Ah. <laughs> Everyone knows an Aries. <laughs> stubborn, determined, uh, strongly independent. I, I don't like failure. I don't want to let anyone down. I don't want to let my residents down. I don't want their families to be let down. Uh, trust is a really important thing, not just in aged care, but in the disability sector as well, in um, childcare. If you can't trust others to look after your loved ones and go home feeling confident and comfortable that they are getting what you believe is quality care, then you shouldn't be in any of those three sectors. Um, as a mother of a daughter with special needs, I know that trust is the most important thing. And when that's broken, nothing can repair that. No, they say it takes a very long time for trust ever to be corrected, doesn't it, to, um, to come back once yeah. you've lost it? Yeah. Wow, that's actually like a quote in itself there, Megan. Goodness me. <laughs> I need to be a bit more light about this conversation podcast, don't I? What else no, you're I good. Um, well, 
what was something that you wanted to be when you were young? Mm, I never knew. I just wanted to travel. Uh, I left school and I was only allowed to, because I didn't do year 12, I was allowed to leave year 11, my dad said, as long as I did a course, because I just wanted to go out and party and have fun and go travelling. So I did a receptionist centre course. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no desire to do anything other than just have fun. And it wasn't until I actually moved into aged care that I studied my degree. Uh, so I did a Bachelor of Business and majored in management. Um, so... I feel like aged care has given me a lot of opportunities. You're in your 50s now, so you're yeah. similar to me and receptionist centre girl uh, versus, you know, St. Patrick's Business College Secretarial School. Oh, there you go. I went to. Um, <laughs> but it was about, um, that was actually, it was a, an amazing way for us, wasn't it, back then? That it meant you were going to get a job. Like, yeah. You know, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that is true. I mean, um, knowing that I could just go from an office environment and that I feel like that was my grounding. I worked my way in each job that I had. I used to jump in and out of jobs every two to three years. This is the longest I've ever been in a yeah. job. <laughs> um, you've also got to reinvent and keep creating um, opportunities. If you don't reinvent yourself as well as your skills, your staff, as a leader, your staff and your residents and your families are not going to also go along with the ride that you're trying to take them on. Yeah. And I think there is a ride because we go up and down. It's bumpy at sometimes and then it's smooth. Um, but, you know, with all of the legislation and that, that chain around your neck of keeping to that legislation, that all goes away when you walk past a resident and you just see the relationship that they have with your staff. Yeah, okay. When their families come in, I just really, it really keeps me grounded and, and want to keep achieving more for them. Yeah, it is a juggle though, isn't it? I understand that. Like, you know, there is always that innovation and creating and trying to bring magic yeah. and wondering whether you are bringing magic to your role and but then there is, I mean, the reality is you are looking after people in, you know, their, as long as their later years of life are going to be, you know, so. Yeah. 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 But it's nice to be able to stop and um, watch that though, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I quite often get to walk around both sites and I just, I just love it. It's just a beautiful environment. The staff are happy. The residents are living their life that they choose. And that makes me think. Oh, beautiful. Um, I was just thinking too before we um we got on. I thought I, I didn't ask you about this the other day, but I was just thinking, you know, like given the loss of jobs in the you know our local community, and that I think Claire um, Stewart said in last episode there was a lot like there's thousands of jobs lost. Are you finding there's been an increase in people wanting work in aged care? We are actually finding it a little bit difficult to. Um, engage in hotel services staff. Oh. Care staff, we're fine. Uh, I feel that at the moment the allowances and the bonuses are keeping people away from really applying for jobs. Mm. To me it would have been an intelligent thing for a lot of people to think 
you know, what industry outside of hospitality down on Hastings Street would actually protect me if this happens again? What industry mm. should I retrain into? And I would have thought that's why I was, I was wondering whether they would have thought to run okay. towards aged care. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we employ, don't get me wrong, we employ 354 staff. Oh. <laughs> so across two sites, and for 229 residents. So we have a high ratio of staff on site every day. So it was just that, um, I was thinking what mm. otherwise, if, if someone was going to consider it now that maybe because they're all listening, every one of them must be listening to this podcast. That's uh, true. So I should be putting in a bit of a plug for come on and work for Noosa Care. We have uh, an higher than award rates, <laughs> a great environment to work for. Lamingtons for morning tea. Lamingtons for morning tea. <laughs> I can't always guarantee that, but oh, it's no, again okay. nice. <laughs> uh, what would you say would make one person stand out as a perfect match for a, a role in um, aged care? Well, I think you could study all you like. You can have all the um, certificates under the sun. But to work in aged care, you have to have a desire to respect another human being. You have to have the patience of a saint and you have to put yourself in their shoes because you're going to be there one day. Mm. Whether you've got, uh, whether it's because you're older or because you've got a an, uh, living with dementia, uh, palliative care, end of life, you will be there one day. And I hope that all my staff or anyone who wants to work in aged care has that at the forefront of their mind because your certificate in your registration, yes, that will give you the qualification, but it's you as a person and your desire to love and care and respect for someone else. Mm -hmm. And not everyone can do that. And that's okay. Um, an example is not everyone can work with um, people living with dementia, it doesn't make you a bad carer. It just makes you not the right person for that environment. But you could be a fabulous carer in the, in the other areas of an aged care facility. Oh, for sure, yeah. You are definitely um, every day, and I say this to my staff, our residents don't have an in-tray where you finish at the end of the day and your desk is cleared. Like our families at home, every day something different happens. And as a human being, my life is not a routine every day. So I may not have my shower at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, but at 6 o'clock the next day I may choose to. Um, so you have to be flexible as well and respect those choices. Yeah. And that's what I, mean, what I was saying earlier. I wasn't saying that everyone should go for the work, but <clears throat> sorry, I'm just aware that there's that the type of people that would be a fit for it. Um, you know, it's a shame if they're sitting out there thinking, oh, I wouldn't be a match to it. If people have actually got those beautiful values that you're referring to, yeah, um, yeah it is actually an option because it's a, it's a very yeah. um, fulfilling career, yeah. I think, yeah. to, to follow. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you got a, a quote or a mantra that is your go-to when times are tough or that get you through? Yeah. Am I allowed to say a naughty word? You can. <laughs> yes, this is um, fine because I say it all the time. Okay, it's, it's, it's something that I say to myself or my not all staff, 
uh, I say it to people that uh, are having a bad day, shit happens, move on. <laughs> you can't dwell on things. You've just got to, you just got to go with it and just move on. But the other one that I say quite often, aged care attracts a lot of women working in aged care and a lot of women, not just in aged care, but externally um, have had hard lives. They've not, may not have had the opportunity to have a job. They may have been in abusive relationships. They may never, they may have been single moms really struggling. I always encourage uh, all women I always say this, that women who want to be equal to men have no ambition. No. I just want to be, I don't think we all need to try and be what men are. Uh, I feel we are strong and we can actually achieve a lot if we don't try to make, sure, make us equal to what men can do. There are clear dis distinguishes between both sexes. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, they're my two sayings that I most mainly say. Oh, good. Okay, and I agree too. I think it's um, women just need to be um, the best person that person is, um, and that's all it's going to be. It's actually just every person yeah. is. Um, yeah, I, I'm not very much into the men versus women type of chat at all, but I, I agree. It's, it's a real, just be the best person, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like when I applied, I had to apply for this role, CEO role. I was interviewed and I was interviewed, I was the only female and I actually, uh, I was successful obviously because I'm still here, but it was because I was the right person, not because I was female or male, but I was the right person for them. Mm. And I believe that to be in any aspect. It yeah. doesn't matter whether you're male or female. If you're the right person with the right skills and and desire for that role, then you're, that's, that's, um, that's what's important. Yeah, it's a bit of that be, do, have, rather than have, do, be. I think if you, you're being yeah. that person, then, yeah, you, you'll stand out yeah. from the crowd. I remember actually yeah. when you were going for the role and we were all cheering you on that you, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> you stand out from the crowd. You've got to look at good, good too. <laughs> you dress, something oh, that like I remember coming into aged care years ago and I wore different clothes compared to what you would have normally seen in an aged care environment and I remember being told that it was not appropriate I had high heels on I had dresses um they were loud colorful dresses and I thought you know what I want to be different I want to show that aged care is not um walking around in a uniform um, it is not, I always want to buck the system. So yeah. I've done that from the very first day I walked into aged care and I will continue to do so until I leave. Oh yes. Don't make me blend in. That's a good plan. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, seeing as that you sing out loud all the way home, um, what song is it that you would normally go to as your favorite that, you know, every single <sighs> word of? You know, when you gave this question to me, I thought, oh, I can't pick one. <laughs> I love all music. It doesn't matter what genre it is, but anything from the band Powderfinger. Ah, yes. I'm a bit of a fan. 
Uh, I absolutely love this band. You can catch me with it full bore at home, just dancing around the house, singing at the top. Mind you, I can't sing and everyone in here will tell you that. <laughs> I've got a fabulous voice. Yeah, yeah, the car is amazing, isn't it? How good we sound. Is it, is it, so I'll find Powderfinger just in terms of, I'll find their most popular song because usually when we um, publish this on Instagram and Facebook, I usually pop up in stories what uh, each okay. person's favourite yeah. song is. But I'm okay. sure I will find a Powderfinger song that would be appropriate based on what we've chatted about <laughs> today. <laughs> Um, Megan, that's um, us. I think we've we've gone to probably okay. our half hour or more, and um, okay. I know the sound was a little bit scratchy um, because we haven't got a microphone at your end. But you know, everyone gets by with Zoom the way we're getting by right now. And um, I really appreciate your time. And yeah, you're doing a lovely job there. And as I said, like you know, I still um, get asked to do some type of um, consulting sometimes for people looking for places, and I would always refer them out to Karama. Um, you know, you. because it is, it's like, I think people feel safe. I know that there's a, there's a feeling about it um, with the the family sending their elders and the elders themselves, you know, re- talking back to people like my mum in the community. They, um, they love, yep. it. love it. So you're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for your time today. It was great. It was no worries. Good to- <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll wrap up now and I'll, um, I'll just pop, us on hold and we'll have a little chat at the end and um, yeah thanks again and thanks everyone for listening today Uh, um, I hope you enjoyed some of the gems that Megan shared thank you bye